Uh, that transition went a lot faster than we anticipated, but that's all right. Hey, church, welcome. Um, I think a team of masked bandits may come to assist me moving some things around on the stage here, but that's all right. We'll make it there. Hey, it is our final Sunday. <laughs> we'll do this. It is our final Sunday before Christmas. Um, and we are thrilled that you've joined us. Wasn't that just a great time of worship? Um, I know you are probably in your house. Um, well, I would, I would hope you're in your house, I guess. Um, but you're probably in your house and have many things going on. Um, but I know just here in the studio, you can feel the presence of God. And, and we pray that in this season, as you are gathering uh, the church that gathers in your home, as I said a few weeks ago in one of my messages, we're praying that the presence of God would gather in your home with you right now. That this worship time, this time where we sang, this time where the, the band played would not actually just be a season or a time where we are worshiping here in the studio, but actually a place where God can invade and God can fill your house with his presence. Isn't it amazing, actually, even as we, we come right now into the final of the Christmas season, I know my wife, uh, when she was just opening the service, she talked about the fact that some of us may be concerned um, of how long our children are home for, um, and maybe some of us have other concerns at this season. But it's, it's such a, an exciting time. Now, we are three weeks in. We are on the third week of our series on prayers. Pastor Kimberly preached last week, which was amazing. Um, and I am excited to share this message on prayers this morning. Do you want to dig in with me? Uh, I, I encourage you, if you're at home, to grab your Bible, whether it be paper or digital, to follow along with us. Grab it off the shelf, dust it off if it's uh, been a while. But we're going to look into the scripture today. I have a, a title for you if you're taking notes, and I'll give that to you now, and then I'll read the scripture, we'll pray, and we'll get into it. So firstly, my title of my message this morning is Now Dismiss. Now Dismiss. We're going to turn to a scripture. It's going to be found in Luke chapter 2. It's the story of a man named Simeon, and it's just after Jesus is born. Um, and I'm going to read this to you. You can follow along on the screen, or if you've got your Bible at home. It says in Luke 2, chapter 25. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought to the brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law. He took him up in his arms <clears throat> and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at, him, at those things which were spoken of him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also, but the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. Why don't you close your eyes as we pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we get to celebrate your birth this week. God, we thank you that your story is filled of opportunities and examples for us to jump in and see ourselves in the story of Jesus. We thank you that this isn't written just for us to hear or read, but God, it's written so that it will speak to us. 
God, I pray this morning as we recognize your presence, as we engage with your spirit, as we hear from your truth and from your word, God, I pray that you would be revealed to us just as you were revealed to Simeon, that we would know you more intimately, that we would fall deeper in love with you, that we would gain courage and strength. In Jesus' heavenly name we pray, amen. Well, I don't know about you, but uh, Simeon is a character in the, the nativity story or the story of Jesus' birth that I really didn't know anything about up until about three or four years ago. I think uh, two years ago I started doing a yearly uh, Bible in a year program, reading through the whole Bible, and I think that's probably one of the first times that I really discovered Simeon in the story. There's a few people in the story of Jesus' birth that are sort of side notes, if you could say it that way. There's Simeon, who we just read about and we're gonna talk about today. There's Anna, the prophetess, who comes directly after that. You know, there's the shepherds, there's the wise men that of course get all the attention. Um, but there's, there's many auxiliary people in the story of Jesus. And Simeon is an interesting character. He's, he's in the temple um, of the day, and what's happened at this moment is Mary and Joseph have come to, to sacrifice at the temple, to bring an offering to the temple, as was required by the Jewish law. So the Jewish law required that after 40 days after a male child was born, that the mother and father needed to come into the temple and redeem them. In, in days of old, or in earlier scripture, what it meant is that the firstborn was actually called the Lord's. The firstborn was meant to be the Lord's. So you had to redeem the firstborn back from God so that you could keep your child, in, in theory. Of course, they, didn't, they weren't gonna take the child in, in that moment, but this is the idea, or this is the concept behind it. It's actually very similar to the concept that we have about tithe, where we bring back to God the first fruits of things. So when we read this story, this is 40 days after Jesus has been born. They've had to travel from Bethlehem to Jerusalem. And you know this is maybe an hour and a half. It's about nine miles away. They've had to do this travel trip. I, I don't feel like Mary um, would have loved her pregnancy. I have a pregnant wife right now and traveling however they had to travel those nine miles walking or on a donkey or, or whatnot. I, I don't imagine she had the best pregnancy experience. Definitely not a 21st century pregnancy experience or birth experience. You know, Jesus was born in a stable, which as best we understand was a cave. Anyways, they, they get to this, this temple and they meet Simeon. But I actually picture it a little different. I picture Simeon meeting them. Simeon was a priest who had been in the temple for a lot of years and it says that he patiently waited for the savior, for a Messiah to come. Messiah is the term that they gave to the person who was gonna come to save the Israelite people, to save the Jewish people. Now, just as there would be in this day, there was many different opinions and ideas of how that savior would come. Would the savior come as a king and come as a warrior? Would the savior come in, in what way and what would salvation mean? But Simeon, being an older man, he had heard from the Holy Spirit that he would not die until Jesus, or until the Savior came, until Messiah came. It's actually really interesting, I don't know if you've thought about it, but the name Jesus, it's how we translate it, but it was also would have been Joshua, it would have been, um, in the day it would have been Joshua, and we just translate it towards Jesus. But Joshua in itself means salvation, Savior. 
Isn't it interesting that Jesus wasn't savior just when he died for us, but he was actually savior when he was born for us. He was called savior from birth. It's as though time is not relevant to God. It's as though he can see the end from the beginning. You know, for some of us right now, that's a really important thought for us to be aware of, is God can actually see your end from your beginning. I know you can't see your end, but from the beginning, God could see the end in your beginning. He could see what would happen throughout your life. He could see where your children would be born or where your children would not be born. He could see these circumstances in your life. That should bring some comfort, I would hope to you, that God could see you, God could know you, and is outside of time. Simeon comes and he's, he's uh, I can't think of any other word than awe-inspired when a baby comes into the temple. I wonder if it's how he anticipated it happening. The savior coming as a baby, helpless. Not even a baby of, of, of great um, wealth. If you read in the scripture, it talks about the fact that Mary and Joseph brought two pigeons to redeem Jesus. But actually, in the, the old scripture, the law in Leviticus, what it says is that you're supposed to bring a young lamb, a one-year-old lamb, and a pigeon to redeem your, your child. Of course, if you were too poor to afford a lamb, then you could bring two pigeons. Jesus was born into a family that was too poor to bring the prescribed offering into the temple. He knew what it was to be with lack. Of course, you may say, but what about the wise men? They bring all these great gifts. Well, yeah, that was, that was later on. This hadn't happened yet. Jesus was born not to a family that had much, but a family that had little. He was born in very obscure ways, in, in very odd ways. <laughs> he was born in a stable, not in his hometown. He was born away from home. He was born without much in his pocket, without a, a dad and mom that were yet married. He was born in very obscure circumstances, but only to show us the supernatural existence of what can come from very obscure and little circumstances. Let me remind you that again, that God can turn a lot out of very little. In your life, in my life, God can make much out of very little. He didn't need a big parade. He didn't need a big uh, demonstration to demonstrate his, his birth and his reality. He was very fine with simple things. Our God is very fine with simple things in our world. Anyway, Simeon, we get to this moment and, and Mary and Joseph bring Jesus into the temple. It had been 40 days. She had now been purified, as it would call it, so it would be the first time that she was allowed to be in the temple since Jesus was born. It was the first time she was allowed to be by sacred and holy things since Jesus was born. And Simeon, it's like he doesn't even miss a beat. It's like they walk into the door and he knows that the Savior has come, that the Holy Spirit has spoken to him. Now, Simeon was considered um, one, of the, one of the type of people that we would call the quiet of the land. What that meant is that what his understanding of who Messiah and Christ would be was, was not an understanding of great wars. It was not an understanding of great authoritarian, authoritarian takeover, but it was actually a simple understanding where he would just wait patiently in prayerful consideration of the Savior to come. He wasn't making it happen. He was just listening. 
Isn't it amazing what could happen in our world if we didn't spend so much time trying to make things happen and spent a lot more time listening to the Holy Spirit? That's convicting to me. I, I don't spend nearly as much time listening to the Holy Spirit as I do listening to other people. I don't spend nearly as much time trying to solve my problems as hearing the Lord for the problem solver. Now, Simeon, he, he sees the Savior come. He, he, he knew that the Savior would come in his lifetime before he was gone. Now, the very first things he says after he takes up Jesus in his arms, it's translated different depending on your, your Bible, um, but I, I love the first words that it says in the Latin translation. It's, it's, uh, uh, it's nunc dimittis, which means now dismiss. His whole life, this auxiliary character in the birth of Jesus, his whole life is summed up in his first words we see in scripture, now dismiss. This prayer he makes to the Lord, now dismiss. Because everything that he'd ever wanted, every dream, every hope, every desire, every word from the Lord has been accomplished in this one moment that he is okay with now dismiss. Now dismiss me, Lord, because I have seen your salvation. Now, of course, he hasn't seen Jesus die on the cross and, and pay the price for our sins. He hasn't seen him be the sacrificial lamb, but just the birth of Christ has been sufficient enough for him to see the salvation. Man, it encourages me in my heart to know that sometimes just seeing the face of Jesus is sufficient for us to see our salvation. It's as though I need to spend more time demonstrating and showing people Jesus and less time showing them me. It's as though Jesus in himself, as a baby who is 40 days old, without the ability to talk, without the ability to speak, was sufficient enough to see salvation or a savior in the world. I actually love, Simeon is, is so wise and astute. He's so aware of his circumstances. To be a character that is so auxiliary to this story, the amount of depth and understanding he has in a pre-Bible form, you know, of course, we get to look in hindsight back at the biblical story of Jesus, but Simeon, he, he prays this, he says, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation. He knows that Jesus Christ, that Jesus is the Christ and is the salvation. Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace, because he knows salvation has come. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all people. He knows that Jesus did not just come to save Israel, the chosen people of the Lord, but all people, every tribe, every tongue. Jesus did not come to save a select few. And I need to remind myself of that quite regularly. For every person that I discard or discredit, Jesus still came as savior to them. Every nationality, every race, every belief system, Jesus still came as savior to all people. How wise and astute Simeon is in his prayer. A light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. 
Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of their child. Joseph and Mary, who had had angelic visitations to tell them about a baby coming, marveled at these few small words from Simeon. Because Simeon was so in tune with the Holy Spirit that he knew in his heart, he knew at that moment, he didn't just know the beginning of salvation, but the end of salvation. He didn't just know a baby had been born, but he knew the purpose of that child. He didn't just know that Jesus was there, but he knew that freedom was there. It reminds me of the story Jesus tells uh, or that is told of Jesus where he's teaching. He's at the home of Mary and Martha and Mary is, uh, Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus listening to him teach. Now Martha, her sister, is busy in the kitchen, or at least that's how I imagine it, busy in the kitchen preparing and making things ready for all the guests in her house. Now we read this verse or we hear this story about Mary sitting at Jesus' feet, Martha being a busybody or, or working around in the house, and we hear that, that uh, Martha asks Jesus to get Mary to help her. But Jesus responds and says, well, Mary's actually doing the right thing right now. Now, of course, you could try and use this as, um, as justification for not serving. We're not doing things, but it's, you know, it's more important for me to uh, just worship Jesus, which is true, it is more important. But the story here isn't about um, Martha serving. It's about Martha distracted. Simeon was serving, but he was never distracted. I think about this season that we're in, I think it's December 20th right now, and we've got Christmas coming up this week, and I know Christmas may not look how it always has looked, but I know Christmas can often look so busy. Now, of course, you can tell me, and I would oblige you and tell you that it's true that December 25th is not likely, in fact, it's, it's not the day that Jesus was born. It's the day we celebrate Jesus' birth. I can understand and I can sit with you and realize that after the Roman governor in the third century became a Christian, that I can acknowledge and understand that he actually replaced a winter festival of the sun and made it an observation time for Jesus' birth. Now, yes, these things are true, but it does not neglect or does not stop us from the reality that this is the opportunity and the time we've set apart to celebrate Jesus' birth. Miraculous, supernatural, unfathomable. Although Simeon did. He understood the whole picture. He, is, he does not get the credit he deserves. He was so in tune with the Holy Spirit that from seeing Jesus, which so many people rejected as not the Savior, as demon-possessed, as all of these things, he saw the baby and saw the end. He was so in tune with the Holy Spirit. As I said about Martha, this, the problem is not that Martha was serving, it's that Martha was distracted. Are we in a season now as we approach Jesus as we approach Jesus' birth, Christmas Day, where we celebrate it, are we in a season where we're so distracted that we miss Jesus? Are we in a season that we're so discouraged, so distraught, so pulled apart or pulled in all these directions that we miss Jesus? 
Simeon's encouragement to me is that when I am so close to the Holy Spirit, time becomes irrelevant. Simeon knew Jesus' end when he saw his beginning. That wasn't his smartness. It wasn't his internal human wisdom. It wasn't because the signs were written so clearly, because Jesus spent all his life trying to clarify the signs that were written. It was simply because he waited upon the Holy Spirit. And then when he heard the Holy Spirit, he continued to wait on the words of the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, but I've been there. I've been that person who's heard the Holy Spirit, waited a while, and then stopped believing in what I heard from the Holy Spirit. Maybe that's the encouragement to you this morning in your home at this time. What the Holy Spirit said to you, he can still accomplish. Don't go looking for another word or another perspective, but stand on the word that the Holy Spirit has given you. Even when you get old, even when you get weary, even when it seems impossible, stand on the word that the Holy Spirit has given you. Because the things that the Holy Spirit speak are not in time. They are not stuck in a situation, but they are actually captivated and, and going to be accomplished in perfect time. How long the people waited for Messiah to come. How bold a person would have been to believe that he would see the Savior before he passed away. So many people had passed away. So many people had, had gone, but yet he was so bold. He was so in tune and so clear of what the Holy Spirit had spoken to him. It wasn't because Joseph and Mary said, this is our, this is our child. Uh, she was a virgin when she was born. So obviously this is the Messiah. Angels came and told us that. They didn't demonstrate that to Simeon. Simeon just knew. Because he wasn't just in tune with the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit spoke to him. He was in tune when Jesus walked in the door. Am I in tune with the Holy Spirit? Am I listening? Am I hearing? Am I distracted? I can serve Jesus and be distracted. But I can also serve Jesus and be in tune. Church, This is a joyous opportunity for us this week to celebrate Jesus. Maybe to spend time with family, maybe not. Maybe there's some sadness attached with how we get to celebrate or how you're celebrating this week. But ultimately it's an opportunity again to remember Jesus, his birth, his saving, his sufficiency, and maybe just his closeness. Not a distant God, not a distant savior, not a distracted God, not a distracted savior. For every time I can be distant or distracted, the Lord is still sufficient. I wanna read this prayer to you one more time, if I may. Simeon's prayers. Lord, 
now you are letting your servant depart in peace. Now dismiss. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples. A light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Let me read just a little bit further. And Joseph and his mother, mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Then Simeon blessed him. And he, his dream must have been fulfilled in that moment. Could you imagine being the priest who blessed our Savior? He blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel. It's sort of like he's saying it's not going to be easy. And for a sign which will be spoken against, he's telling us how Jesus is going to get persecuted. People are going to call him names and beat him. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also. He's telling Mary, you will see the destruction of your son. You'll see him die. It'll hurt so much like a sword pierced through your soul. And the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. What a prayer. Now dismiss. For I've been so close and so intimate with the Holy Spirit, so aware of the speaking of God, that I'm so aware and so confident in what he said to me, that God, you've accomplished everything there is to accomplish with me. Now dismiss. Send your servant back home. My prayer for you this season is simple that we would not be distracted by everything that could ask to distract us, whether it be news, whether it be obligations, whether it be ornaments on Christmas trees, whether it be dinner, whether it be any of these things. I would be able to keep in tune fully and clearly with the Holy Spirit this season as we celebrate Jesus' birth. Thank you, church. I'm going to turn the service back to my wife, Pastor Kimberly, now.